0: Welcome back, to the Reload Podcast, a podcast by Paddleheads for Paddleheads. My name's Nigel Lamont, and as usual, I'm joined by
1: Lee Maxwell
2: and Connor McCann.
0: So you join us again for another episode of Reload Podcast, and we've got a bit of a mixed bag today. Bit of news, bit of questions. Yeah, we're just going to talk for a wee while about various things.
2: Shoot the shit, as they would say.
0: Yeah, yeah. Before we get into that, just like to remind you. To listen back at previous episodes, episode 30, well this is episode 32, previous episode was episode 31 obviously, that comes before 32. Um, it was called Cars <laughs> the Stars, so uh, it was basically uh, cars in movies and car related movies and we had lots of fun doing that, didn't we guys? I loved it. Yeah, it was definitely right up our street. <laughs> good reminiscing, reminiscing.
1: So I think I could do 10 episodes like that.
2: We had a lot Here, of interaction well, with that one as well. I think a lot of people enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I think we'll maybe revisit that further on down the line. I think it was uh, a good call. Might, might go into certain movies in more detail or something like that there.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, like pick a specific one or something.
0: Do the complete chronological order of Fast and Furious. Connor, would that do? Yeah, one to three. Sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was nothing made after that, sure, wasn't it? Yeah, well, if we run
2: out of time, we could drop two if we want <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So as usual, we'll just sort of chat. Each, let you know what we've been up to recently. So, do you want to fire away, guys?
1: Well, I as as I think I have for the last few episodes have no correlated news because I've been working from home and not really doing anything. But I did enter an R Kings raffle the other day, and we have talked about oh. these before. And I was trying to wean myself off them, and I haven't done one for ages. And then this one came up and it was a Tommy Mackinac Evo. Oh, or so good. 45 grand. And I was like, well, clearly you'd take the 45 grand. Like, come here. Buy a Tommy Mackinac Evo and then have some change and, left. And change. And then I started looking at the price of the bloody things. They're like 50 grand plus. I was like, what? When did this yeah. happen? Like a they normal Evo of the same age and miles and whatever, except without the Tommy Mackinac bit on it. are like 16 grand. Yeah, it's so crazy. I don't get where the difference is. I just don't. I don't see it.
0: I think various factors. Basically, there's not many left. There was a limited run, and thank you, to Uncle Sam, for the JDM. Hype train. hype train, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I
1: Lee, we, we were. Sitting- I mean, I love EVOs. I think they are awesome. I really want an Evo Nine Estate. Yeah, I think they are so cool. But wow, I I just I was absolutely shocked. At The price of them, I, I couldn't believe it.
2: Lee looked over at me and she says, Oh, what uh, would you rather have a Tommy Mac and an Evo or 45 grand? I was like, 45 grand, of course, and she was like, Yeah, no, no the same price. It
0: <laughs> Did I mention in the last episode about the twin cam making 50k? Yeah, I think
2: yeah. it was the last one or the one before. Yeah, Are they're yeah. mental the, the price of things is nuts at the minute.
0: Following a few YouTube channels in America, like this price the stuff's going for now is just crazy. It's something funny. I was talking to one of the
2: listeners, Ian K, about this this morning, and he has an E thirty nine M five that he's currently dealing. And I says that's that's such a cool daily. And he's like myself. He doesn't really like he doesn't plan on selling anything. He has what he has, and that's it. So, like the value of those things going up doesn't really help the likes of Hemerai because you don't want it. Like I don't care. Like if the value goes up, it doesn't affect me other than if I need parts to get more expensive.
0: Yeah. the a- value doesn't affect, or doesn't the value doesn't affect you until somebody comes along with a massive bag of money and goes, give me that.
2: No, nah, you'd be shocked. I just, I'm stupid. I hold <laughs> on to <with> things. <laughs> I get emotionally attached to cars. You're stubborn that way? Ridiculously stubborn, as Lee will attest to. Just,
0: yes. Just to, just going back to Tommy Makinans, uh, a certain fella from here, he owns a transport company, him and his family, Curran, remember? No?
2: No, I don't know um, that.
0: One of the sons, he was very good at the old... Was it Colin McRae Rally? I think it was. There was a worldwide uh, or European PlayStation competition, okay. And the winner, the winner got a Tommy Macan edition, and he won it.
2: How long ago so was that? He,
0: oh, that's probably a decade or two ago. Like yeah, so it was. What,
2: back when they were cheap. <laughs> yeah. Is there <laughs> a certain thinking... irony there of winning a Colin McRae Rally and getting a Tommy Macan on Evo?
0: See, it mightn't have been Colin McRae Rally. <laughs> it might it be something was, similar. It was, <laughs> it was maybe something around that. Tony Hawk's um, Pro Skater. Yeah, but I think at the time he already had... I don't know if he had a Macanon or just Nevo or something, but Mm -hmm. it sort of just went straight in the garage as far as know, Damn it, my
1: skill at James Pond Robocod never paid off for me like that. (laughs) Never
0: got you your fish or anything, no? (laughs) No.
1: And Spyro the Dragon. I could have gone... Like, if I won a free dragon, I'd be like, yeah, I'm there.
0: You could have gone proly. I could have. I got a short, sweet realisation how poor I am at computer games when I used to play in the... PlayStation Call of Duty. I thought I am not bad, not bad. And then I think when I got the PlayStation Three, I started to use the live. You know, you can go and fight other people on it. Yeah. And you just went on it, and you're immediate death. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I never, I knew not to attempt those games. Um. So then I went back to normal play. I left live to the pros. You feel a lot better about yourself then? Yes, I'm still a good player in my, my head.
2: I'm a
1: 2D platformer all
0: the way. Yeah, Yeah.
2: that's me. Super Mario Bros. Get Super them mushrooms. Mario Kart on the Super Nintendo is about as far as I go.
0: Here. Let's just take a moment to appreciate how good a game Mario Kart is. Unbelievable.
1: It's great. Do you ever play it on the Wii?
0: No. It's yes. amazing.
1: And you can get a Wii steering wheel to hold the controller yep. in, so you can like actually steer. It's it's yep. really fun. Like, when I was in HMV, they had just come out, and we used to play them all the time. It's brilliant. <laughs>
0: but, but see Mario Kart... I think it was on the way, but back when it was out and all the rest of it on the way, I think, or even the Super Nintendo or whatever, it was a great party game. Yeah, yeah. And you can do the split
1: screen thing like you used to be able to do on like the N sixty four. You can do like four screens on one and stuff.
0: Yeah, no,
2: that's such a good game.
0: But we've digressed again there slightly, as happening. always. Yeah,
2: this this <laughs> entire podcast is a digression. We know that by I? Um, myself then, I've I've been busy, but getting nothing done busy with stupid shit um a friend of ours and listener stephen harper who we talked about before with the uh youtube channel for the crados he's very mm. crado heavy approached us about doing a saint patrick's day video that he was going to incorporate with different like youtubers and podcasters into his video so to speak a bit of irish in it and of course that was you two guys out because <laughs> that would have been a butchering session
1: i guess
0: so, I would- well, there's that there and
2: I probably would have been shot in Cumber if it came out. You know? Yeah, you would have been left in the square on a spike somewhere.
1: I'll have to know, <laughs> my Gaelic is impeccable.
2: What, all three words of it?
1: All three words with a strong Northern Irish accent. I'm good at it.
2: So it said a lot when I hadn't spoke Irish in 16 years and I was the one to do it. I approached the YouTube thing with gusto. And it was horrendous. It was so difficult. I got my eyes open at how difficult it actually is, and it's a big respect to people who do it full time because it is. It probably is like everything. It gets easier as it goes, but my God, I struggled with it big time. Well, you showed us a sneak peek of it. you done very well. I thought. Well, yeah, that was about Tech Forty Five. Um, <laughs> the technical setup was pretty good. Of it, I used some builder sight lights. Pointing away from myself with the back of a dub shed sign, which was white, reflecting the light back towards me, which was a tip from our listener Jack Hanron, it who's li- a professional camera guy. It looks professionally lit. Yeah, Jack was Jack. Jack is a, a camera guy, so he was able to sort of go, yeah, do this, do this. Don't I mean, shine
1: the light directly on you, reflect it off something, yeah, kind of thing.
2: The uh, the the big downfall and everything was the guy in front of the camera who was me, like, but <laughs> we, we did our best. <laughs> Um, Connor
1: even got a snazzy new haircut.
2: Yes, I had to cut you, my. Oh yeah, I had to cut my hair for it because I haven't had a haircut in what from August
1: when you shaved your head.
2: Yeah, and it looked like I'd escaped from somewhere. So
1: <laughs> I was lying in did. bed one Sunday morning, and he came in. I thought he'd been in the shower, and he came in and was like, "I did a thing," and I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> and he cut his own hair. It looks good. He oh. was like, "Can you help me tidy up the back?"
2: <laughs> yeah, so uh, beard Just sh- trimmer.
0: Shave. It. Just shave it all off, that's what I do.
2: Well that that was the that was the next plan. I was like, if this doesn't go well, it's just all coming off. But no, it, it worked okay.
0: In fairness, it's it's
1: pretty good for a for a, something you did yourself.
0: It looked a lot better than it did before.
1: Yes. Um, no arguments as don't, here.
0: Uh, as long as you don't go full Maggie Barton lockdown, you'll be fine.
2: No, no, nobody's uh, my my tits aren't dancing. Um <laughs> The on another appearance one for me, most people wouldn't have seen. I'm no longer the alpha male that I was I'm deteriorating in old age I now wear glasses (laughs) oh flip me so much to Lee's delight because Lee, Lee, Lee sounds thrilled with us yeah, I think it's just a glasses fetish.
1: Oh, he's like, always been like Mr. 2020 Vision. And he's like, oh, can you read that sign away over there? And I'm like, not even with a fucking telescope. Yeah. So, Connor,
0: so Connor, you've got the sexy secretary look now, have you? I do, yes. <laughs> so, I had to give in. Um,
1: no, I had
2: noticed it this last couple of months. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to get this checked out. And of course, yep, they screwed me for glasses.
0: Yeah, I've been running lenses now for two years, on That's and off. That's actually I just, at night time's my problem just...
2: Yeah, I, I don't mind them. I just noticed that sort of trying to read things like from across a room, it just wasn't as good as it was. And to be honest, it's a bit stupid not to go and get them. But it's just, I've given Lee grief so for so many years about wearing glasses. Now I have to. Oh, well. Um, I have fully
1: accepted the fact that I'm, I'm blind. I'm, so I'm good I'm cool with it.
0: For, hard luck for eight.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of people have given me abuse about it. Um, my last one then, Lee and I were messing around in the workshop. We've got power back, as we said in the last episode. And... I don't know, I, I think it was rolling up an extension lead and I noticed that it was like it had been sort of halfway chopped through at one section. And I was like, Yeah, I'll cut that off and readjust the plug. So cut it off. Opened the opened the plug up, obviously to uh depend it, and in place of the fuse was a copper tip from a MIG welder. <laughs>
1: Courtesy of your father, we assume. <laughs> yes,
2: courtesy of my dad, who <laughs> I I have opened plugs this past ten years I've been in that workshop. I have opened plugs to find paper clips for fuses, fuses wrapped in tin foil, bolts, uh, screws, yeah, six mil bolts cut down. Literally anything that will conduct electric, but a uh, a one mil MIG wire tip is a new one on me now.
0: <laughs> so you you
2: basically have a Bulgarian spec plug, pretty much. Yeah, like you could probably run a small factory through that tip. Um, <laughs> I think I worked it out. It was like a, like a 900 amp fuse or something like that.
0: <laughs> Excellent.
2: Yeah, so thanks, Dad. Trying to kill me there, you that, fucker. That
0: bitch don't quit.
2: Oh, no. Nope. Let's say if anything ever happened, I'd be just melted. That's good. So, yeah, that's good all stuff. the crack with me. What about yourself?
0: Um. Yeah, I think I mentioned the last time that uh, the Corrado, I decided to put the crado away for this year. Too many cars, and I really want to get the wee Mark 1 out this year, so... I had a retirement ceremony with uh, the family up at the farm, put a cover over it, you know, give it its last blessings. Give her a salute. Uh, yes. Uh, so, yeah, pulled the Mark One out. Um, as I think I said, I have a memory like a sieve. Uh, got the car dialed in with Andy Maxwell up at his work. Uh, it's run sweet. And we've sort of discovered uh, needs a new clutch, a few E leaks here and there, one of them being a radiator one of them being a gasket. And Andy put me on this app called AutoDoc. Have you ever used it?
2: Oh, that's been my downfall. Right, <laughs> it's, it's a uh, German. It's it, so good. It's a,
0: ger- it's a German crowd, and they. Andy has used it several times. Well, he priced parts for it locally, like you know the usual places, and it was either one or two things couldn't get it, or the parts they were supplying. Well, three things: parts that were supplying weren't good manufacturers, or the price was ridiculous. Yeah. And so he put me on the auto dock and I was able to get an L-UK clutch and a top fill radiator, which is really hard to get. Nobody in England, the usual classic VW guys, have them in stock. A gasket and all delivered to the door for 164 quid, basically. Happy days. It's coming coming next week, as far as I can see on the tracker. But uh, it's one of those apps where I think it will benefit a lot of the classic Volkswagen guys if they want to check it out. You can get all the good Companies on it, like you know, it's worth looking checking out.
2: Yeah, one thing I would point out is that there's a lot of like, not that there's a lot of shit on it. There's the option to buy shit brands on it, but there's oh, also like, the option yeah. to buy really good brands. But it's all cheap. Like, I yeah, I yeah, the
1: prices are brilliant. Like, if you can wait for the postage because the postage is dog slow. Yeah, it takes about yeah. ten days. But but, yeah. but other than that, and I work for another car parts firm as many of you know, and I've bought stuff on it before, like because. Yeah, it's amazing, especially when they do. Didn't they do like a Black Friday thing? And you bought about six hundred quids worth of stuff. You absolutely learned. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I I sat down to buy bushes for the bora and come out like six hundred pound deep, I think, and was like.
1: But when they have one of those discount codes on, it's it just, was, it's mad. Yeah, if like. it
2: was fifty five percent off, I was like, well, you're practically
0: losing money if you don't spend well, it here.
1: I think I did say that at the time.
0: <laughs> well, I, wait, I, I waited. They had 22% off and I waited until, that was their weekend rate and then Monday came it was 37% off. So just wait for the right discounts to come up.
2: Yeah, if you download the app it always like does push notifications to tell you what it is and it's it's a bit like DF or DFS the sofa people there's always a sale on but yeah it's, it's really good. I think as well if you leave the stuff in your basket and don't buy it they contact you offering you cheaper. So there's another top tip. Oh right, okay.
0: The, uh just on the topic of the radiator, the top-fill radiator, as I said, nobody in England could supply it. They're all, all out of stock. As soon as I bought that... Now, I'll wait until it arrives to c- confirms the right radiator. As soon as I bought it, the radiator went immediately out of stock when I bought it.
2: Oh, right, ah, uh, yes. Oh, maybe you just happened to get the last one.
0: Did I Did I buy the last top-fill Mark I radiator in Europe? Tune in <laughs> next
2: time to see. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what do you see? I'll get one for a Fiat Pinto knowing me.
2: To be honest... I'm I'm buying off them a few years now. I know that Stefan is too, and like I don't think we've got anything wrong from them. They also do offer an option when you buy, I think it, it's an extra three pounds or something like that. Which I do every time because it allows you to return anything up to two hundred days for no reason at all. So if you just don't want it anymore, just send it back.
0: Is that the safe buy option? No. It is I,
2: I possibly gives you it at the end when you're checking out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I, I always go for it because I'm like, yeah, because the time I get parts, sometimes it could sit for two months before you touch them, and that's the age you'll be out of your month to send them back.
0: I must actually, just the fact that they're doing all those Mark 1 bits, I must actually look up and see if they do body panels and stuff like that, because that'll be interesting to look and see.
2: They do do body panels. The, they're selective of what they post, but they do do body panels. They also do weird yeah. things that, like most motor factors won't sell you Um, rebuild kits for brakes anymore but they will so they're they're good that way
0: yes the germans will always win you know exactly but no that's that's all with me this week basically
2: just before winter news then i'd like to talk about our monthly sponsor we know by now that there's been a lack of shows over the past year but despite this your car cleaning regime should not be neglected check out your detailing bag and restock with the latest anakem detailing products A locally based company, your team work with leading detailers to both develop and continually refine their products to be one of the best. Here's a totally unbiased review from a random source.
1: My name is Lee Maxwell and these products changed my life.
2: So that you can have your life changed too, just like Lee, Anakem are teaming up with us at Reload Podcast to offer you 10% off your orders over £30 for the month of March. So head over to anakem-automotive.com and use Reload 10 at the checkout to have your life changed potentially.
0: So moving on, then we'll go into the news. So uh, I'll just start by chat about shows that seems to have been green lit especially in England. Not so much here, obviously, but with the roadmap by Boris, it looks like a lot of shows are just going cracking on. There's, I think, there's restrictions up to four thousand or something. I understand at the minute, anyway. All the big shows have uh, given out dates. Players is happening again. Uh, 19th, 20th of June Brook Bo- Boys at the Farm 27th of June at Warwickshire Event Centre. Roll Hard which is a show I'd really like to get to Yeah, is the 1st of August in Bicester Heritage. Gravity show is the 19th of September at Stoney Park in Coventry, another big show. Fitted there making an announcement on Sunday. I was watching Alex's Instagram story so I don't think they're going to have the actual indoor show but they're going to have several outdoor shows by the sounds of Well what that's Alex what I was going to say. Gonna
1: say I thought they had called he just go to say they w- they weren't doing this year at all,
0: right? Okay, okay, I forgot about that then. Yeah. yeah,
2: but he yeah. did. Uh, he did announce uh, that they were going to do something this year, but something just, but as not you say, whatever it is going to be, will be yet to be seen. Yeah.
0: yeah so that shows nothing as yet. The report in Ireland struck Northern Ireland. No.
1: Well, that's because our useless shower on the hill haven't given us any dates. They're like, that's oh, sure. we'll we'll open this Dr- and we'll open that, and this all all open at this, you know. But no dates and we're like, well what the fuck's the point?
0: <laughs> and the thing that pisses me off is driven by data, let us see the data. No no. The data could be misinterpreted if you've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't know how to read it properly. That's called holding yeah.
2: all the cards.
0: That was actually asked. I think a reporter asked that and says, Oh no, we're not releasing the data because it could be misinterpreted. Fair enough. So <laughs> maybe they are. Do as we do as we say, you
2: know. Yeah. Give us our shoes back, you fuckers.
0: Correct. <laughs>
2: um,
0: So, news, crack on there, folks.
2: My first one then is a coming together of great minds. I think no matter what you do with your cars, no matter how extreme you go, one of the the major combos that has the most impact is wheels and suspension.
1: I was going to (laughs) say wheels and air.
2: Wheels and air, but yes, wheels and (laughs) suspension. And uh, two iconic brands in that segment would be BBS and KW. So back in August 2020, in episode 16, we talked about BBS going into insolvency. And KW have stepped forward with a plan to buy them. So KW, are legendary suspension manufacturer, as we know, it's quite interesting because they're a German brand. They've promised to keep BBS in Germany. That's where they're going to be built, you know. And I think it's quite good that they can offer things, I guess, because they obviously have a parent. because they know, yes, this goes with this. And they're deeply embedded in the car scene. They're not just, you know, race suspension products and they are like they invest and they sponsor like local builds, local people, shows as well. One of the statements from KW themselves, it says, we're going to be building on the success of the past, which sounds good for BBS because some of the BBS stuff this last few years there is a bit meh, shall we say. Um, a few of their designs are nice, they haven't really captured the essence of what really was years ago with the, that mesh style design, when, like the like, the RSs and the motorsport stuff. But they did also state that there's still important uh, still important arrangements to be negotiated, so it hasn't been finalised yet. It's a good time for them to get on board with this, because F1, when they go to their 18-inch 18, 18 wheel, BBS will be the sole supplier for F1 and NASCAR. So yeah, if they can do it, it's going to be a good investment for KW. You know, yeah, they're, they're two big race series that are going to be continuing on. Nothing's going to happen them. So if they're a sole supplier for it, they'll do well out of it.
0: Good to hear. Good two big brands like that coming together. Now. Yeah. That's so like I think
2: we did at the time. We did say that BBS wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't go away.
0: It's, it's too big a brand value. The brand value basically.
2: That's it. A bit like a local parmelj group, I haven't gone away Haven't gone away. So yeah, that, that's my first bit.
1: Uh, I just have one story this week. It caught my eye as I was. Mindlessly scrolling, as one does. Uh, The Australasian New Car Assessment Programme, a.k.a. ANCAP, has awarded its first ever zero-star crash rating.
2: The death van.
1: (laughs) So the vehicle that has earned this dubious honour is a Mitsubishi Express van. It was shown to pose... Express
0: death. Express death.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So it was shown to pose, quote... Notable risk of serious injury to the chest In three out of four crash tests Further marks were lost for Quote Potential hard knee contact points In the frontal tests And for the deformation of the side door During side tests Creating And again I quote Openings through which Partial ejection may be possible ejecto seed cause.
2: To Lubitz.
1: The front seat design makes whiplash injuries likely for driver and passengers, and it doesn't have enough airbags. So, point to note is that vans in general are behind the curve when it comes to these kind of safety things. So, a lot of vans score poorly. So, the Euro NCAP, which is our kind of local version of this test program, has several vans in their 2021 test lineup uh, that are given the. They don't even given a rating. They're Rated as not recommended for their general lack of safety systems. These include Nissan NV400, Vauxhall Movano, Fiat Talento, Renault Master and Renault Traffic. And several of those obviously are, you know, family members of the the Mitsubishi Express.
2: Yeah, they're pretty much the same vehicle with a different badge. You've you named several vehicles that
0: I use in work, so thanks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, A lot of them fall into the bronze category. Most of the Citroën range, dispatch, jumper. Apparently, there's a van called a Citroën Jumpy.
2: <laughs> that sounds like a joke.
1: Uh, relay, Fate Ducato, Avico, Peugeot Boxer, Toyota Pro Ace, few make it into silver, Transit Custom, Mercedes Sprinter, Vivaro, uh, Peugeot Expert, and the Volkswagen Crafter. And there's only three vans in the 2021 lineup that are designated gold end cap rating, which is a Ford Transit. Uh, Mercedes Vito, and of course, the good old Volkswagen Transporter.
2: <laughs> yeah, those are kind of the ones you would expect to be, the, yeah. big, the big brands.
0: I thought a lot of van manufacturers, or manufacturers in general, would share a lot of chassis, so it's a bit weird that, I don't know.
2: What really gets me of this is, the NCAP thing is a like a world standard. You know, obviously, the Australasian one, they stick an A in front of it. You know, the European one, they stick yeah, Euro stick in front of it. Yeah, it's all the same
1: series of tests. Yeah, it's the same
2: stuff. The manufacturers use FE modelling when they're designing vehicles, so they know how they're going to react in crashes. How do they not know how to design for these tests? That's what gets me. Yeah, but a lot of it is down to um, the the dummies that they're using. So a lot of the dummies have like te- telemetry built into them, and obviously they're looking for like load values for seatbelts and things like that. You know, so it's like not putting, there'll be lumbar support, there'll be like chest loads across where the belt tightens in on you. But one of the big things is like impacts. So head impacts are a big thing. They obviously, they call it a hick value. And if it's below anything above a thousand is usually a, a very serious injury. So it's rated like on a number scale. But in the case that Lee was in there, they also do like, it's not it's not called HIC, but because it's obviously head impact, but it's where the knee hits. So Yes, the knee can hit the dash or but it also goes on like the value of how hard it hits mm-hmm. and it's like a localized hit as opposed to spread across. So that's why you'd see some cars have like a quite a padded knee bar on the dash as opposed to like older cars were just like well, the likes of a beetle would have been just metal, that kind of thing. Yeah. One thing that really destroyed the Mitsubishi in this case was active safety features, which is a bit of a balls for me, I think. Active safety features are like auto braking, so the yeah, yeah you've auto braking, if something breaks in front of you, it's reading the road and does the same. Seatbelt reminders, lane assist, you know, that. to me that stuff isn't, yes, it's safety stuff, but it's not impacting how you're going to survive in an accident, is the thing. Yeah. It did score 7% in that category, though, because it had a manual speed limiter, so go oh, there. well done. A full 7%. <laughs> Reminds me of some of my school tests. I reached out to Mitsubishi and... I couldn't get them, but I assume they were I can only assume what they were gonna say. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> I'll speak for Mr. Bussey when they say that uh, they're gonna make it safer by replacing the airbag with the steel spike. So that should help things. <laughs> 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 it might get them eight percent.
0: Expressed debt. It'll prove things by making the death quicker.
2: Exactly, yeah. Who, nobody wants to suffer on the side of the road. Mm. Is it... Uh, what's that film? Is it Death Proof or Death, Ra- death Race? Death Race? Yeah. This, part, this, this van would fit in there. It could probably come as an, like, an extra from it or something. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, dear. Do you want to go, Nigel? Yeah, I got a wee story here. And the title is uh, Audi to return to WRC. Dun, dun, dun. Shock. Uh, but it's a false dawn. It's a false dawn. So those crazy Swedes have been added again. Matthias... Ekstrom. Ekstrom? Ekstrom. Yeah. Pr- pronounce Pronounced. Uh, sounds like does not it? Doesn't it? Leading, <laughs> <laughs> uh, leading a new team called EKSJC is developing a Rally 2 spec Quadro A1 suitable for WRC WRC 2 and 3 categories. So it's not the full fat WRC categories. But um, hopefully it'll lead to something in the pipeline. The A1's being built by a South African company called Rally Technic uh so it's basically full bells and whistles 1.6 turbo 263 brake horsepower four-wheel drive sequential five-speed gearbox it's ready and just need to do a bit of testing eksjc team manager joel Christofferson said testing would begin on snow and gravel before switching to asphalt former faa junior wrc champion Emil bergfist will be our development driver and we'll start our testing sessions in the near future we also plan to enter some local and international rallies in 2021," he explained. Rally Technic director Chris Kurtzey spoke about his enthusiasm for the project. The Rally 2 kit provides a unique price-performance balance for competitors, but in this case, it is also combined with a legendary brand and glorious body kit. And I was watching a wee video prom- promoting it, basically, and uh, it's got all the Audi Sport colours, and it looks fucking awesome, basically. So uh, is it like a to see that?
2: Is it a wide body, like the old Cotter's?
0: It's, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's got arches on it, uh, but the body kit's really nice. And, uh, yeah, it's like a wee fat, staunch little A1, basically.
2: Yeah, they, they're, they're quite a good, they could be good, like, the short wheelbase, you no know, quite wide, it would handle well.
0: Yeah, all the mistakes they made in the 80s with the wheelbase, maybe they've, they'll sort it out this time. Yeah, <laughs>
2: hence why Audi had to chop a section out of the middle of their car. Yeah. No, it'd be cool to see that. I take it they're just going to offer that then as a, a one-off, you know, you go to them and they'll build it for you.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's basically the way they're looking, like a, a pro-drive type thing, you know, you will build your car, your packages, you know. That's that
2: interesting, yeah. As you say, like, if if Volkswagen look at getting back into motorsport, if they are doing that already, it could be a tie-in, like a soft lead-in with them.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if it comes out down the pipeline that Audi Sport have sort of been helping them in the back background or something, you know.
2: Yeah, if you... Slippy emails in the background going back and forward.
0: Let's hope so. We can dream. We can dream.
2: My next one's actually something. uh, Well, it's in a similar vein. Uh, Volkswagen Group are looking towards Formula One, which is a bit strange considering we ran a story what a few episodes ago that Volkswagen Motorsport were shutting down and they were pulling out of motorsport entirely. Mm -hmm. That, That sort of threw me a bit when I seen it. Reading into it, they're looking at it depending on the new engine regulations for 2025. Porsche Motorsport Vice President Fritz Einzer said it would be of great interest of aspects of sustainability. For instance, the implementation of e-fuels played a role in this. So what are e-fuels, I don't hear you asking? Basically, the power internal combustion engines without the impact of fossil fuels. Boo. Boo. Give me us a, exploding dinosaurs. Give us our impact. <laughs> um,
0: so so this is a roll-on from our e-fuel story then, basically? It is,
2: yeah. So one of these e-fuels is you have biofuels like ethanol that we talked about, where they're saying that they offset the carbon by what they've grown and what they actually the, the plants are taking in during mm-hmm. the growing phase. The synthetic fuels like Porsche that you had mentioned, Nigel, are making, or they're actually developing fuels now where they're taking carbon directly from the air which I've heard of, but I haven't looked into because I thought it sounded like a load of bollocks. That um, sounds like witchcraft. It does, yeah. It sounds above my pay grade. The other thing about it is if it did go ahead, they don't really know what's going to happen, if it'll be like a full works team. If it was a full works team, is it going to be Volkswagen? Is it going to be Audi? Is it going to be Porsche? I My guess for that would be Porsche because it would have more of a heritage brand for racing. The other option they could do is back up an existing team as a powertrain supplier. So, fueling that rumour they actually have spoken to three teams first one being Red Bull who are actually losing their powertrain supplier the next one was McLaren and after that you had Williams Williams hmm, is like sort of financial suicide <laughs> you would imagine with how they're performing but they have a key in with them because their chief, their new chief executive Joset Capito I've butchered that man's name um, we're getting
0: all hard names today aren't
2: we? we are we're going through them well He is, uh, old Joseph is, uh, he's a veteran Volkswagen executive. So there's a connection there with Volkswagen already. And then another thing about this with Volkswagen stepping in towards Formula One is that the new F1 president, Stefano Dominicali, possibly, um, was a lambo ceo for five years and he was also the head of future projects at volkswagen group for years and years too they do have a lot of f1 tie-ins he actually had conducted a feasibility study for joining formula one when he was in that role of head of future projects and then diesel get sort of stamped all over that mm. knocked it in the head
0: put it put, it, put a dampener in things a it bit. did
2: i maybe he <laughs> should have had uh, how to keep my colleagues out of jail as one of his future projects to list up <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it it's it does seem odd that they've knocked all their motorsport on the head and then now they're announcing that or they're probably trickling sort of rumours out towards it to see how it you know, how it's received. But I suppose if they go back towards any kind of sport or motorsport, it's good.
0: Absolutely. We love a lot motorsport. Especially the Germans.
2: Oh they do, yeah. And it, as always like it trickles down into production cars as was said before.
0: So, the next story, I think we mentioned it probably before Christmas, and it was James Dean. He left his contract with uh, Worthouse Drift Team and Formula Day in America. So, we were speculating at the time where it was James Dean. If you don't know who James Dean is, he's Drift Car Royalty, basically. The he drift is, team. yeah. Um, world champion and,
2: and a cork man to boot.
0: Yeah. As I said, end his contract with Worthouse Drift Team and Formula Day in America. And it was was speculation about what his next move would be I speculated Europe, I was wrong And he announced on his YouTube channel That he was in fact going to the Russian Drift Championship The RDSGP it's called I would like to
2: take the moment to formally congratulate Comrade Dean himself there
0: (laughs) I think there might be some uh, Russian KGB oil money involved there, what do you think? Ah, never,
2: the Russians and dodgy (laughs) money in sport, not a chance
0: so he's going there to do the Drift Championship. Apparently, it's a very, very competitive Drift Series. So, yeah, we'll follow that one. He's going to oil, Russia, an Oil, company, Russia, an oil company sponsor, obviously. And if you've been following his channel, as I do, it's actually pretty decent content. Uh, a lot of mechanical stuff he does on it, as well as, you know, obviously the Drift stuff. He's been building an S15 for the Precise uh, Russian Drift Championship upcoming. So he's built uh, from scratch up in his garage, like him and his brother, they're just absolutely awesome guys on the spanners. And they've built this new S15 with a full Kevlar body kit. And it just looks absolutely mental. And yeah, looking forward to see his progress through that for the next season. Just even
2: look on YouTube and like car culture in Russia is insane. You know, like you think it's big in America. You think it's big in the UK and Ireland in Europe, Australia, like Russia's up there with it. You just don't, at typical Russia, yeah. you don't see much of it because they're very e- secretive. Eastern
0: Europe. Eastern Europe, the show Racism, you'll see some of the drift teams that come to perform at Racism show. Yeah. It's absolutely massive. Like, Worthhouse is a Polish company. That says it all. It threw money behind a drift team to go to America.
2: Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. And I say, I think you'd be welcome with open arms for how he, how he drifts like. But I wouldn't. i have actually never heard of the RDC, but it makes sense that they do have one.
0: Yeah. So keep your. Eyes and ears open for that one and follow James Dean and his next adventures, so to say.
2: Do you want to do another one or do you want me to drop in?
0: Yeah, just a quick one was, I should have really added the show dates thing, but it's not really a show. It's Craig Craig Adlet Hill Climb is back for 2021 and it was postponed from June. And now they say they're definitely going ahead with the length of September. So it's looking like there is light at the end of the tunnel for motorsport after a very tough year or so. So looking forward to that. If you've never been to any hill climb events in Northern Ireland, I advise you go to it. There's all walks and talks and shapes and sizes of cars competing in the hill climb.
2: You'll see everything from like single seaters right up through to like GTRs. It's it's crazy. It's
0: great afternoons crack if you're stuck someday and, you know, um, Craig Antle, one of the be- I think it's one of the biggest... In the calendar of the hill claims, as far as I know, it could well
2: be. Drumhorick yeah. is only about four miles from us. We went down to Legemar a few years back. Yeah. It's, it's great, crackly. Like.
0: It is. Good I steam. Think, I think if that's happening, there'll be a massive crowd out for it, basically. I would say one so. Of a few events.
2: My final one then is so if you can cast your minds back to just a few years ago when we passed our tests and <laughs> <laughs> insurance was. Uh, Insurance you were paying through the nose for. You probably were more expensive even Nigel than what we were. Yep. I remember as a kid, you were thinking to yourself, well, like, why why is old people's insurance so cheap? Like, they're the ones causing the accidents. They're the ones dangerous in the road. And there might be something to this because the IAM Road Smart Group did a freedom of information request for um, AIDS groups who have penalty points. It turns out over 300,000 pensioners, so that's the over 65 group. Have points in their license, which is 25 times more than the teenage group with 12,000. <laughs> so well, it turns spooks. out the pensioners are bad people, as we've said for years. Speed, <laughs> speed demons. Speed demons, indeed, yeah. Uh, probably there, all, right.
0: them, all them campaigns against young drivers. <laughs> exactly.
2: Well, it did also say that um, the age group for 17 to 29 year olds were more likely to die on the roads, but you know, that's because we're extreme. Well, we were. We're, not, we're out of that group now. They're harder to go home. Exactly. 30 to 40 year olds were the most likely to have points with uh, 1.15 million people having them. Now obviously that group more than likely has more people driving in it than young or pensioners, but you know, it was interesting to see that the 25 times more pensioners have uh, penalty points than teenagers. IAM Roadsmart's Director of Policy, Nick Gregg, said speeding and misdemeanours are often associated with younger drivers, but the findings clearly show that there's a large number of older drivers also flouting the rules. He then went on to spout some bullshit about how everybody should obey the, <laughs> the speed limits no matter what age they are and the rules of the road, and he just kind of ruined really good research with a complete load of safety <laughs> shit at the end of it. Like, But I thought it was an interesting read. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but it's a load of shit. Exactly, yeah.
2: <laughs> Thanks for uh, touting on the pensioners there, but leave us alone.
0: Yeah. Tout's out.
2: Tout's out Indeed. What's his name? Uh, Neil Gregg. We'll, we'll look him up.
0: Uh, we'll find him. We'll get him. <laughs> Another story was, I think we mentioned it a couple of ser- episodes back, was the Singer ACS project. Do you remember the um, all-terrain competition study that uh, Singer, there was, I think Chris Harris, done a video on, no? Yes, that's right. It was well, like a Dakar type vehicle. Uh, well, looks like Porsche weren't too happy with it. And ACS have had to go back to the drawing board after Porsche protested its design. Singer has since removed all traces of AECS on social media and its web page.
2: Yeah, I've seen that and I think they took sort of offence to the fact that it had Porsche across the back end of it.
0: Yeah, I'll just read you a bit of the column here. Porsche told the publication that it's glad to have growing community of enthusiasts. However, the company also noted it has a responsibility to its customers to guarantee its products are clearly and easily identified. According to the report, it's unclear if the design dispute is calling into question the moulded Porsche side sills, the Porsche lettering graphics, or both. However, the badging could be another sticking point. Singer has yet to respond to CarScoop's request for comment or clarification. So, uh, looks like Porsche weren't too happy with the boys in California.
2: I can, I can see where Porsche come from as in protecting their brand, because obviously they don't want somebody saying, yeah, well, you know, we're we're building this vehicle as a Porsche, and then something happened, and then Porsche get the shit for it. But at the same time, it is a Porsche. You know, it's it's based on a nine eleven. So yeah. It's a it's a, it's a bit like me, seventeen year old Connor going out and putting a body kit onto a Corsa, and Vauxhall contact me and go on here,
0: take our badges off that. I suppose devil ad, ad advocate, I can almost say it. you're trying to sell Porsche cars and Singer, or maybe effect your sales if you're if a showroom in california maybe somebody's going instead of buying a gta rs going right i'll oh, maybe save up a bit more and order a singer maybe that's the um, sort of going here singer just watch yourselves you know
2: and then porsche are doing like the safari project this last wee well as well which kind of is would be a direct competition to what singer are putting out with that acs so i'm sure they're not really that enamored about that either
0: just a, just an off point of that there there's a local specialist And Porsches not so long ago had to remove the word Porsche from their name. Do you remember that?
2: I did not know, but I know who you mean.
0: Yeah. Um. So, Porsche keep their eyes open. So they do. Yeah.
2: Actually, I remember a rebrand of that (laughs) business, and that's why then. Yeah.
0: But I think that was a local issue more than anything. All right. right, Fair enough.
2: Yeah, because I think there was strong ties there, but yeah, I suppose things change.
0: Yeah, it's just the way it is. So, yeah, that's the Singer ACS project in the shadows at the moment, anyway. Yeah, Uh, I think they
2: had to pull all the pictures and stuff off social media and remove everything.
0: bit disappointing, but there you go. Just the final sort of thing I noticed there in the last 24 hours, basically, was the EPA Act, the RPM Act. We're sort of chatting about it before we started recording. Yeah, I only
2: noticed this this morning.
0: Yeah, the EPA in California is currently stating that any cars modified for track use only still must comply with emission standards. This will likely eliminate the aftermarket industry as most performance modifications would be deemed illegal.
2: Yes, that's that's bad for us. This sort of ties in with remember way, way back at the start when we first started recording was that the EPA had ruled out that um oh, who was the tuner in America? We're doing the like map files for DCAT for Volkswagen oh. stuff.
0: It was the boys in Georgia, wasn't it? Yeah, I forget the name. I
2: should. It's ARP, APR, ARP. A-R-P. One of the two, whatever one don't make the bolts, but I um, the bolts, I <laughs> yeah, so
0: like if those American, guys are American Racing, American Racing products, isn't
2: it? Is the bolt people, isn't it? Is it? It must be APR, then yeah, so yeah, APR, like if they're not developing that stuff. Because they're not allowed to, we're not getting it either. So you can look across the water and go, yeah, it's only affecting America, but it does have a knock on effect over here, too. Like it, yeah, it always it travels.
0: It'll, it'll kill a lot of the smaller guys. And I sort of thought, just listening to a few comments on Instagram from guys that modify cars, it kills the smaller guys. So then the bigger guys will get together and the price of products then will go through the roof, if not go out of production.
2: The other thing I was listening or I was speaking to a friend, Jeremy, about it. He's in the middle of building an A4 race car. And I says, well, what what way does this work? Does this mean then they're going to be like trackside checking cars for emissions and like that kind of like delete stuff? And he says, no, it probably go to the point where it would just be you can't modify a road car to race; it has to be a purpose built race car. That's just crazy. Yeah, And so, you can,
0: gar- can guarantee that'll roll in the
2: EU legislation. More than likely, yeah, because everything's new world order Tr- and like tri- trickle down. <laughs> um. But yeah, a lot of the stuff that like, comes from America, a lot of America's big on like fabrication and like that's going to kill a lot of small businesses, as you say.
0: I can honestly see America becoming two states, the South and the North. <laughs> <laughs> Once again. <laughs> just after this whole COVID thing has shown a complete split in America. Like It's nuts, like. It'll be a state of Texas, Tennessee and Florida will all unite and you sort of. I'm sure, Florida just do their own thing anyway. They're fine. Yeah. So yeah, I thought it'd better mention that at the end of the news. Just that uh, yeah, just watch out for it creeping in. Watch out, watch out. The EPA is about. So that's the end of the news. Anyway, we're on the YouTube. Are you on any YouTube, Connor?
2: Um, I only have. Well, it's a self-fulfilling one as ourselves. Um, so anybody that's followed us for a long time, especially on Instagram, we do lockdown logs. It's basically ourselves interviewing like people from here over in america about their cars what they do in the car community that kind of thing and for a long time it was just on instagram tv and just sort of took a notion is why not upload it onto youtube because a lot of people don't have instagram or maybe a lot of people who listen to us now don't follow us through instagram and i've got it from through a friend so if you check out really old podcasts on youtube i've updated to have the first series on and by the time that's quite I'll likely have the second series as well. And I think going forward when we do record them then we can upload them right away so anybody can watch them back on TV. It kind of makes it a bit more user friendly too that you can watch it on TV as opposed to having to watch it on your phone and try and cast it on. So yeah, check it out.
0: Just in the top of lockdown logs will have been a bit slack but we'll hope to get back on that soon.
2: Yeah, I think there's actually a <laughs> list of people looking to do them and we
0: just haven't had yeah. the time. No, the last two weeks have been crazy for me so Mm -hmm. should have something in the next week or so what about yourself then have you any YouTube yeah I have uh, quite a list of stuff the Um, YouTube king yeah it's just brief summaries of stuff last couple of weeks I haven't been really watching a lot of YouTube but there's just the regulars that have been watching and it would be Adam LZ and Jimmy Oaks now there is a lot of JDM content on it but I just find it good channels Uh, Adam LZ at the moment he's a massive YouTube um, guy and it's all jdm stuff in general but he's nearing complete and finishing his our uh his skyline r34 it's just an absolute epic build with all the best of the best stuff um he also has various cars that he's built and tunes and all the rest of it i think of a jap dream car and it's there more or less i think um,
2: i think we've said before though it doesn't really matter what the content is like if it's jap german french you know if it's good content, it's good content. It doesn't matter what you're looking yeah. at.
0: Yeah, but the the, the thing about Adam L Z and Jimmy Oaks, it's not just here. Here's my car. I'm driving around. It's the build. I enjoy the builds. And Jimmy Oaks, he's a lesser skilled Adam L Z, but his content's very good. But to throw into it, he is early content from a few years ago. There's a, and maybe a wee bit today. There's there's VW and German and uh, BMW, BMW content, and also, but there is a lot of JDM stuff in it. But it's the build it sells the content's great, and I find it very, very good to watch if you're looking for something to watch. Are you anything else? No, no, that's me for YouTube. No bother, I'll just keep talking here then. Uh, next up then is 1320 video. Uh, it's a very a street racing, drag strip, heavy channel. But if you've been following for a while, you'll know Kyle runs the channel, and he has built various cars over the years. And he built bought a stream car. It was an R8, and he sent it off in the latest video series to AMS in Chicago for a turbo conversion. And I think it's a three video or a four video series, and i basically down to the finish of the build at the minute. And it's a very comprehensive build series on turbocharging in AMS in Chicago. And the setup that AMS have is just unreal. They're tuning cars. It must be a 20 to 30 ramp garage. They're, like, it's, it's not a small time business. It's absolutely mental. And they're just churning out thousands of horse brake, 1,000 to 2,000 brake horsepower cars. Yeah, check 1320 Kyle's build. That's, um, that's going to be an animal of a thing, isn't it? Yeah, he was. He had. So he had basically had to take it out to do, you know, sort of a bit of mapping and sort of get used to it and explained how the different tunes work and all the rest of it. And his face is hilarious. <laughs> if you watch, if you watch Kyle, he's, he's. I'm not saying he's not very emotive, but he's not very emotive in the facial expressions. But when he a bit like myself, he, he, he floors this thing. You just see him. He's like a kid in the sweet shop. He's just like hell yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, that that would be good was that a was that a kit they had off the shelf kind of thing or did they develop a kit for them do you know
0: i think it's a mix of different things they do produce a lot of their own products but yeah there is different things they would buy in you know but no, it's interesting to they, see what's involved in that yeah i think they're sort of east coast uh, alternative to sheepy racing have you ever heard of sheepy racing in yeah. california yeah i have so i think um that's basically where you go to take your Lambo R8 for tuning so yeah I'd be using them a lot so well with my Lambo (laughs) yeah me too (laughs) only the best (laughs) yeah Uh, moving on still Driftworks if you've been hiding under a rock you might have heard that uh, Phil Morrison has finished his GT1 Lambo Murcielago LP640 project he released the photos of it and it's absolutely unreal looking he started this probably a year and a half ago and he done the full sort of Instagram release pictures of it and the thing is just mental. Full GT1 kit, it's no half measure of a job. Full GT kit, the he done um, throttle bodies and trumpets. Um, he done a custom he done custom three SDM wheels. It has airlift and it just sounds incredible.
2: I remember um, you talking about this on like one of the very, very early episodes of the podcast. That's how long ago it's yeah. going.
0: It's absolutely crazy and I can't wait that he gets it actually on the road. He done a video of it the the photo shoot day, but now every couple of days now he's dropping videos. See, the car came out of Body Shop I think at Christmas, so he's doing the last two months of getting it up to the stage where it done the photo shoot. Interesting few series of videos coming through from Driftworks, so check that out. Also on YouTube, my final one is, I've mentioned Hoonigan Channel before, but there's a side channel they have, Hoonigan Project Cars. haven't and seen it. Yeah. I think the three channels. I think there's Build Biology channel as well. But the project cars is one that I really find interesting because it's all the guys that work in Hoonigan and their project cars. And yeah, at the moment there's Vin and his nine eleven. He bought a nine eleven SC and it was uh it was sold to him as a hundred and fifteen thousand mile car. He bought it and instantly somebody message him and said, that's my dad's old car. That has 450,000 miles on it. So they're all winding him up about it. But (laughs) no, it's a wee bit rough around the edges, but he's completely went out of town on it recently. And there's a few series of videos of him putting all the best of gear on it. Uh, Rulofem custom Fuchs style wheels, KW full suspension, upgraded sway bars, control arms, stop tech brakes, fully comprehensive video series on that. But as well as that, you've got Scotto who... Is awesome as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah, Mangrove's there. You've hurt, <laughs> you've hurt, and Dan's all their projects. It's mad. It's hands on working on the cars content. And yeah, check it out. It is very interesting.
2: It's funny how, uh, and I don't think we're alone in this kind of thing though, that the videos that you see rolling someone driving around, flashing, look at me kind of thing. I, I don't have any interest in that. It's the stuff that I see people getting hands-on or sticking a camera yep. into an engine bay and saying, this is what we're doing here, look what we're at, you know, and seeing them getting dirty. That's that's the sort of content I like.
0: Yeah. I There's YouTube channels you find sometimes, well, everybody's got their abilities and all the rest of it. Oh, I'm going to drop it to here to get this done. I'm going to drop it to here to get that done. Um, particularly, I find that with English YouTubers. Oh, I'm dropping it up to such and such company to get this conversion done or that. And... and if, you, if you're lucky you'll get to see them recording Doing some bits of it Like, but
2: um. uh, And the total contrast to that then As you say though in, in the English side of things Is Dan Chambers with that Mark 1 that he's doing Like I am absolutely yeah. glued to oh. that build series It's so good
0: He's a brave man That Mark 1 has just been an absolute monster of a job For yeah, sure
2: That's like something I would tackle Like going oh, I could give this a go But I'm not blasting it all over <laughs> YouTube And like <laughs> having everybody pick everything apart about it That's the difference Yeah, yeah so it, it takes uh, a brave man to do that.
0: Yeah, that's a channel Hunigan Project Cars. Check it out. There's hours and hours of content. And just as a side note to that, I think I shared in Instagram stories. If you listen to the Revival Modern podcast, Connor, you're good friends with uh, quite a few of the guys on that uh, podcast. Yeah, they and, had Scott
2: o on lately. There.
0: Oh, such a good podcast. Yeah. He is such a dude. Like, no, it's <laughs> I think it's fantastic. Our long, our long interview. He's a complete. Uh, German head, <laughs> Porsche, Audi, Volkswagen. He's into it, and uh, yeah, interesting. To listen, if you're stuck for podcast podcast content, yep, for sure. So that wraps up my YouTube, guys.
1: I actually have some YouTubes this week. What I cool. know, right? <laughs> what? Well, there, it's it's not new YouTube. It's old YouTube. <laughs>
2: okay, go for it.
1: The other night. Uh, Connor and I were watching, I can't even remember how we got into it, Connor wanted to show me something, it might have been when you were putting up the, the lockdown logs.
2: Oh yes it was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, then it just descended into a, do you remember this, do you remember this, do you remember this, and we started watching all the old wagon works and Dubbers Inc. and all those old videos and some of them aren't even on YouTube anymore and we had to find them on Vimeo or Vimeo or, yeah. Vimeo, or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, and then it descended even further into, do you remember that video of the brick in the washing machine?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like 10 years of YouTube in our house the other night.
1: But it was brilliant. And I, I just love all those videos. I, they just bring back such memories. And you start seeing people and you go, oh, I, I know him now. Or "Yeah, I, I follow him on Instagram, but you didn't know them back then. and
2: You had not the social media yeah. content then. Everything was pure back then. It really was.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but some of the music and stuff and just seeing some of those cars again that you haven't thought about for ages.
2: Yeah, it sort of takes you back. Yeah, it
1: was brilliant. Really enjoyed it.
2: Before we move on, I want to take a second to talk about our sponsor, Relo Global. Relo Global are an enthusiast-owned company providing you with not only premium automotive apparel, but accessories such as garage banners, posters, stickers and fresheners. They're Northern Ireland-based and are an official stockist for 8380 Labs in the UK and Europe. They help us to make all this happen, so check them out at reload.global.
0: Right, so before we move on to questions, I put a question up midweek just because we're a year into this wee thing called COVID. There's been lockdown, there's been restrictions, lack of shows, and all the rest of it. Um, I just wanted to wade, uh, gauge through our listeners, get a bit of involvement of what you've been up to. So ask the question what did you do during COVID? Was there a new project, workshop improvements? Workshop improvements, I don't know how to speak. So, yeah, we a good response to that. So, first up, we had, actually, who we were talking about, Dan Chambers messages, and he said, I started a YouTube channel, restored a T5. I'm restoring a Mark 1 Golf and building a Caddy 2K. So, not too shabby, Dan. Well done. I nightmare. think Dan sort of
2: blows everybody out of the water for what he's <laughs> achieved over
0: <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> big, big flex, bro, big flex. So, yeah. Moving on then, Murph underscore VW. Started working on my Mark 3 build. The Daily Jetta got a major overhaul and got a drift rally st- simulator. I nearly Excellent. said stimulator there. That was a different road I was going to. Depends <laughs> how much you enjoy the rally. of <laughs> uh, 90 G60, all of the above, bought a Mark one GTI project, a 69 roadrunner, and built a garage that still needs electric. That's quite a lot of stuff.
2: Yeah. I feel you there, Danny, with the, uh, the garage. That roadrunner, his is so cool too.
0: Uh. Andy Maxwell AGM VW rebuilt the head on the Audi 80 got the 200 project well underway uh, I think he got uh, all that done actually the 200's sitting there ready to rock and the Audi 80's back on the road
2: yeah for a man that never has any time Andy done really well
0: yeah lo- lockdown was good though he finally got round to working on his own cars rather than everybody else's uh, Simon underscore Morrow built a sim racing rig and bought a rusty BMW that could be any BMW. <laughs> Uh, Ross at Night Shift Industries bought a van, pulled apart a van half rebuilt a van almost totally ignored the project
2: Ross is a caddy pickup as well yeah so now I've sort of been watching for updates and that and then noticed that he hadn't anything but that's why
0: he's balls deep in a van uh, Marty Mim made a decent car useless so that's static life you that's it, standard <laughs> Marty he has went to town on that Mark 6 Bobalob says he had a workshop overhaul no More details, but
2: we need to do that
0: when you get the yeah, Jordan. resprayed by Red Mark 6 Golf Nardo Gray. Good choice in color, there. I was
1: gonna say, strong choice,
0: yeah, yeah. Cranking Wagon, a a lowly two liter eight valve Mark 4 wagon.
2: I just want to say, like, see, that's it. He's obviously in Canada, but like America, Canada, that side of the water for turbocharging two liter eight valves, like, big respect because you don't get a whole lot out of them, but my god, they love them. <laughs> If I was gonna tear away anything, it's VR6 all the way. Although way is doing that too, I believe.
0: That dot silver dot wagon worked ninety five percent of lockdown. Didn't get a whole lot I wanted to do done, LOL. Sorry. I feel you. <laughs> yep. Uh VW Dunner dot DW Dailies. Project race truck is well underway. Watched my Mark One Caddy tear itself apart with the new R thirty two. Tidy.
2: Yeah. I imagine Ian's gonna launch off the lights someday. And if he has grippy tires on, the front end's just going to take off and you will left sitting. <laughs> like an old red top Nova.
0: um Kirsten Kirkpatrick cars. Uh, new rusty Audi. Plenty of tools and parts bought. Little motivation to do anything. Um, yep. M- Miniator. He added a turbo. Nearly there with it. So,
2: yeah, it's on the classic Mini. That, that's going to rip that wee thing.
0: Um, I've been following him on Instagram, like, and it's a real good build.
2: Yeah, Dale's doing all the work himself, too. It's pretty cool.
0: That's good. Yeah. Jamie Hill, want to hear updates on you, too, soon?
2: Yes, I was uh, speaking to Jamie last night, I think it was, and he's actually making progress, which is good.
0: Good, good, good. It's another extreme mini build, so it is, for sure.
2: Yeah, like, I, I honestly, I think I've said before, I don't get the whole classic mini thing. It takes a really special one for me to look and go, yeah, that's cool. It's a bit like Beatles, but Jamie's thing is kind of how, how I would build a mini, which is probably, like, absolutely stupid so that's why I like it
0: <laughs> just complete OCD detail yeah um kieran underscore casey accidentally swapped a 2 litre turbo engine into my 19 TDI Passat it got away from me a bit I'm not going to lie so I hate when I accidentally
2: man. swap engines into things
1: <laughs> did he just like he had it out and then he just accidentally tripped. put the wrong one back in
0: <laughs> the engine just fell, fell off the workshop into the TDI knocking it out basically in one of the ones um Ronan underscore H21 blew up, blew up our supercharged R32 build turbo R32 got engaged. That's quite an achievement there all in one year.
2: There's a lot of ups and downs there for running <laughs> <laughs>
0: you, you can tell us what's the ups and downs here. will not comment. <laughs> no, i say nothing. Uh, Jake underscore 195. Uh, suppose I turned the garage into a detailing bay. Yeah, nice that turned one. out really well. Uh, Dubster underscore GT finished 95% of the garage project got track box cleaned up and MOT'd, cleaned lots of cars good man Graham Uh, Jack Hammer Jack H-A-M-R I worked essentially and it took away from getting projects done thumbs down.
2: Jack has a turbo RD Quattro um, like the S2's Uh absolutely insane build Uh, a bit like Scotto's one it's been going for about 10 10 years or so (laughs) when that thing breaks it's going to be good but yeah he's a essential worker like myself so he doesn't get much time at it.
0: Connor Old then got the engine shed cleared out better organised and then filled again with stuff to be kept. I loved it all things considered. Has let me push on project cars that would have continued to sit so good to hear Connor good to hear. I'm excited to see the next few projects rolling out of that shed that's for sure
2: Now have you seen the Mark 2? Yep. Yeah it's going to be good
0: Last one, finally, was Maren Chris. He bought a project daily, realised it was dog, then sold it for an £800 loss. i have all been there, so I have, Chris. So.
2: <laughs> that can be summed up with one word, stonks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all the stonks, yeah. Good car investment, strong, I like it. There were people sent in by message here, just two seconds. Also then, uh, Fogel underscore O'Reilly 26, two post lift just added to the new garage. Good man. Hard to Uh Bert B13 RRT, got parts car and a four-wheel drive donor car. Workshop getting approved. I fabricated a 4.5 meter workbench. So Also got gone, married. Bert. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> nah, those are small details. Don't worry about those.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Did you, see the work? Uh, Did you see the work that Bert was doing on the benches? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it looked good. It t- looked like something work, you would buy.
0: Um, let me just see. I also asked at the, the end of that, have you made different plans with cars or shows due to COVID? So I got a few responses. I just said, hope to see you at a show this year. Guess I'm feeling more comfortable. That was Jack Channerhan.
2: Yeah, when, when you're actually saying stuff like that, it makes you sort of think, well, yeah, there is light at the end of the tunnel here for this.
0: Uh, that, that silver wagon managed to still break free for Titanic Dubs. Great time. Yeah. That was a good day. That was great. Cain Dawn then got the 106 road legal the night lockdown was announced. Got to do a four day round trip of Ireland. So not too shabby. Uh, Buster Conrad. Yeah, lots of solo stroke family exploration trips instead. And yeah, he's and, covered
2: um, most of America and that uh oh, his Soles Road is pretty good.
0: <laughs> his road trips are epic. Yeah. Ronan underscore H21. Looking forward to spins and road trips more than shows now. Bring back drag days. (laughs) (laughs) And then finally, Jack Hammer. Yeah, go to to them all to make up for lost time. I couldn't have said it better, Jack.
2: Yep. Get out there and get doing stuff again.
0: Yeah, cool stuff. So, yeah, just thought I'd ask a few questions there, get feedback from you guys, and thanks very much for responding to that. So, let's move on. Finally, then, to our questions, Connor.
2: Adelope. So we have quite a number of questions here from the last time our episode before had ran on. So we have uh, Gethin underscore GTI and I and he says chunky or skinny steering wheel?
1: Chunky. Chunky.
0: How's the soup?
1: Depends (laughs) on the car.
0: It does, I was just about to say, it's all dependent.
1: Like my Nova has an absolutely enormous but very skinny steering wheel, a bit like an old Ulster bus and I really like it.
2: Yeah, your Mark 1 jet is the same.
1: Yeah, like you can actually flex it yeah, <laughs> but I like it.
2: But in a more modern car, that likes a well, your Mark Six, Nigel, even the Mark Five, or your Scotily,
0: you want something a wee bit chunkier? Yeah, absolutely. We're all in agreement yeah, car, there. Car dependent, and then at the end of the day, it's your car. You can do the frigging with it.
2: Yeah. Sdm two nine eight. He says, "Why am I obsessed with looking at a classic Volkswagen? Because they're the best. They Next are the question. best. And
1: <laughs> aren't we all?"
2: <laughs> aren't we all and and you're obviously a man that wants uh, a bit of punishment both of uh, your mind and the wallet if you're looking at classic Volkswagen's because we know they're fun to keep on the road uh he also says what's your least favorite car you have owned or do you own I don't think I've ever owned anything that I didn't like even though I think we've said this before I've owned a lot of shit boxes and I still like them
1: yeah I don't know same. like well my car was a bit of a rot box but you know it was fun because I was like 18 and... First car. It was, well, apart from the Nova. But yeah, it was like, it was freedom. Do you know what I mean? So it wouldn't matter what it was.
0: Yeah. No, I don't think I've owned anything particularly bad. But if you work I had vehicles, a Mark 1. I had a Mark 1 Fiesta when I first learned to drive, but I can't say I hated it because as you say, freedom got you about and all the rest of it, but it was a terrible car because it, I was never away from it with a welder. Yeah, that's right. But... It, it never really let me down on the other hand And yeah it was cool to get out And all the rest of it But any car I've ever had I can't say I've hated it you know? You've know, you been lucky enough too Because you've
2: owned Like between you and the wife You've owned quite a number of cars over the years too So if you've got away without yeah. absolutely hating something That's good going Yeah,
1: I drove a Suzuki Liana For about six months at yeah. one point That Because uh, I'd sold the Swift And we were working on the Nova And the Nova wasn't ready yet And my dad lent me this car of his and oh it was a horrible car. <laughs> <laughs> like it was the sunroof rattled constantly. It had a big wad of newspaper shoved in it at all times. I'm pretty sure
2: that was thanks to <laughs> Bull, Adam Buchanan. He yeah, shoved uh, a newspaper into it.
1: But again, I was I was happy and grateful to have a car. So it was one of those just get you from A to B. Yeah.
2: But it didn't really give that much bother, other than the fact that the build quality was absolutely tripe.
1: Yeah, it really was. Um,
2: Adam 8642, he says, who will help me sort my 89 Sirocco? As much as I like 89 Not it. I have <laughs> a lot of shit on at the minute, so I can't help anybody. <laughs> um, is he
0: looking at a recommendation for a garage, or is he just shouting out in despair? No, that's all, all he tell. said.
2: If he gives us a shout, I'm sure we could point him in the right direction. Somebody could do any work or whatever needs for it. Yep. Whether it's body side. work or mechanics, we, we, we'll we know quite a number of people. He might be in the south, but I'm sure some will be able to help him. Um, S14-OP. Ugh. S14-OP. <coughs> uh, Simon, I OCP. apologize. It's OCP. It is OCP. Indeed. Simon, I apologize. <laughs> S14-OCP. He says, four car garage, one hatch, one saloon, one estate, one SUV slash pickup, and a bonus round for a commercial vehicle. Anybody want to go?
1: Are we doing ones that we don't already have? Because I pretty—that's pretty much my garage. Apart from the pickup, I have an estate, the Skoda. I have a hatch, the yeah, Nova. St- I have two saloons, the Jetta and the Vento. We'll go. We'll
2: go additional. Forget we'll what you go have. Go additional.
1: Um, Mitsubishi Galant VR4 Estate, as we know, standard answer from Lee. Uh, Mark IV R32 for the hatch, standard answer from Lee. What was the other one? Saloon. Yeah. Saloon. Saloon. Tommy Mac and an Evo. Why not? Fuck it. <laughs> there you go. It's technically a saloon. Oh, no, are they a hatch? No, they are saloon. Saloon, They're sweet. Saloon. Okay, good. And pick up. Or SUV. Well, I'm not going to have an SUV because what am I, a soccer mom? Um, <laughs> some kind of big Julie Ram or something just because why not?
0: Okay. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell
1: yeah. America.
0: What about you, Nigel. Uh, hatch edition 30 saloon RS4 B5 estate I think I would like a big dirty AMG of some description ah yes that'd be cool and then and then pick up probably some ridiculous RSQ7 or a Top Gear Arctic Challenge thing yep (laughs) something (laughs) big and aggressive yeah something like
1: that oh can I change my answer (laughs)
2: <laughs> Your answer, what you're going to change to, so I bet you, is what I have, go for it.
1: Is the Dakar Tig 1? It's not. Oh, uh, no, yeah. That's what I want. <laughs>
2: um, mine then, Hatchback. Twareg,
1: not Tig 1. Twareg, I apologise.
2: Hatchback is Corsa B, 16 16 valve, 5 stug conversion, half cage. It's something I've wanted to build for a long time. Green? No.
0: Have you still got a Corsa in the garage?
2: No, I don't. Lee has no. an Uva, but I, have, I don't have a Corsa. I would. I would like one. Of course B
0: is a strong choice.
2: It is. You um, have up
0: Andy Gamble. He seems to have all the courses about him.
2: Yes, Andy has courses galore. he recently bought a course of C there, an SRI as well, which is pretty cool. Um, Estate yeah. car, B5 RS4 and a Mola Yellow. That would be a strong choice for me. I haven't the Saloon jotted down, but I did just think of one there. I can't remember what the fuck it was. What was the Saloon?
0: Vento. Vento VR6. I do. Oh, <laughs> yes. A Vento VR6, actually, yeah. Yeah. I would go with that.
2: Um... Yeah, an original Vendo VR6 SUV slash pickup. I would be going 3.6 VR6 Atlas from the States. And for the bonus round, an F350 long bed Julie pickup. Because I like... Is that commercial? Of course it's commercial. The thing's fucking about 18 ton. Okay. Well then can I keep my (laughs) Julie as a commercial as well? (laughs) If you want. (laughs) You can have an Atlas too. So there we go.
0: Cool. Good question.
2: Yeah, those I like those because you kind of think out of the, side of the box and like what is actually out there beyond Volkswagen because I'm blinkers on. <laughs> James Smith three one nine four. If you had a choice of top quality coilovers or bags for an old Volkswagen Mark two three Corrado, what would you go for?
1: As usual, I'm going to say depends on the application.
2: Yeah, for me, I it think. would always be I would go bags because like you can buy top end coilovers and going to, unless you're going to like set them up the way they need set up and actually drive them on a track you're kind of wasting your time
1: would you go air in something like a mark one yeah. yeah yeah
0: what would you guys I, I think my old age is getting to me I think I would probably get a really good set of KWs do you know what my problem with coilovers is in the road I
2: know for a fact that I will run them super low and I will destroy the underside of the car that's always my big thing so that's why I'm a big advocate for air red oh, I suppose that's very true
0: hydros yep how depends on what you're <laughs> depends on what you're using it for I suppose
2: yep definitely um, Ronan underscore hates 21 a project car is never done if it is you're lying or you've lost interest discuss straight yeah.
0: facts <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> yes however you stray into the realm of going too far just for the sake of it I think if you're always trying to if you build a car and it's like perfect exactly the way you want it and you bring it to some shows and stuff. Some people, I think, fall into the trap of, oh, well, I've brought it to shows like this, so I can't bring it back next year exactly the same, so I have to change something. Even if it doesn't need changed, yeah. or you don't really want to change it, you feel like you have to, because otherwise it's the same.
2: Yeah, there is a lot of that goes on. And like if you want to make changes, certainly, yes, do it, because it's your car, and you get sick of looking at it you know, the one way, but... There is, there is a lot of people who will just change something for the sake of it, and it's not always for the better. Then that's my opinion. Like,
1: yeah, I as always, diff- it's your car, do what you want. But I would say, don't just change things because you feel like you have to. If the car, if you like the car as it is, leave it as it is.
0: I guess sort of brings up the topic. I think we've maybe discussed it before: is the difference between European cars and UK cars that the show scene. I mean, um, there's guys there. Belgians, Germans, and they've had the same car for ten to fifteen years and just improved it each season. Whereas in UK, it seems to be a culture of a year, maybe two year cycle of a car. Yeah, break build the it, car, build it, finish it, break it, or sell it. Yeah, like Whereas the
2: Europe, big Ron's Mark One was a prime example of that. Anybody in the Volkswagen scene would know that. And the only reason that's not around anymore is because it went on fire. I think the did he hit a bridge and went and fire, or vice versa. I th- wasn't that a fuel line? No, it was a fuel line, but definitely went and fire when he was out on the road driving it, and yeah. it was gone. But yeah, like that's a prime example of cars I like got that, that have stood the test of time. Um, Seconda underscore Simon, he says, favorite Jap that isn't God tier, i.e. Supra, R32, NSX, etc. Mine for that would be probably, and I've said it numerous times, an EG Civic. I have a real soft a spot for EG Civics.
0: Not a bad choice. I'm a total fanboy of RX-7s but they are god tier technically they're up there yeah um, but uh, I've always had a soft su- spot I've owned a couple of them CRX's Mark 2's yes the coffin on wheels but they are so cool yep. <laughs> yeah yeah they they don't seem to have, I don't know they're, I suppose they've all rodded the bits now I don't see that many of them anymore
2: yeah they can't be expensive if they don't exist anymore
1: <laughs> no <laughs> what would you leave? Mitsubishi Gallant vr there you go or Swift. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Emmetol ninety three, Emma O'Leary he says, has Nigel watched more YouTube I've run out of I've run out on any recommendations. I think Nigel's covered see, that extensively. See
0: previous comments. <laughs> see previous <laughs> comments.
2: Extensively covered in YouTube this week. Um, uh,
0: I'll throw I'll throw another one in here, just an oddball one. Not an oddball one, but a sort of you know joker in the pack, whatever you want to call it. There's a guy, he's a, he actually knows Adam L Z, he's from Cheltenham in England. Bocker 123 B-O-Q-E-R 123, and BMX guy, but he would do a variety of different things. He has his own clothing brand and all the rest of it. He comes across as a really nice fella. He has more accessible content, put it that way. He would do more budget builds and definitely build bits and bobs, but he has a St. Leon, and there's a build series in it. Uh, but he does a lot of mountain biking as well, BMX stuff, which I find quite interesting. More so, yeah, more relatable stuff. Yeah, it's more, you know, oh, I could actually afford to do that. And he has recently bought a, oh, what do you call the wee small Toyotas years ago? Yaris? Star- the Aris? There's the Aris, is l- the old Starlet. Starlet? It replaced the Starlet. Must have been the Aris, was it? Ah, yeah, it would have been the Aris, come out of the Starlet. What would he call the Wii Sport? He was GR, was it? Oh, Yaris T-Sport. T-Sport. Uh, yeah. He bought one of them and started modifying it as well. So, yeah, check it out if you're stuck for something. He's, he's quite a good channel.
2: Uh, Connor Old, he says, what happened to design for new cars and wheels particularly? Why do they all look crap? Right. We, we, we've said this for months now.
1: <laughs> I think I talked about this maybe two episodes ago. The new Mark 8 advert. The fucking wheels on that literally <laughs> make me want to vomit. They are, They're disgusting. horrendous. Yeah,
0: I get the feeling you don't like them,
1: Lee. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, modern wheels, as a general rule, horrendous.
0: Yep.
2: And it takes mm. like a special modern car to be good looking in my eyes now.
0: It's it's disappointing stuff at the moment.
2: But. It is, but we'll get through it. We'll push on. <clears throat>
0: we'll be strong. Give each other hugs. Oh, that's right. We can't cover oh, it. I'll hug anyway, <laughs> <fun>. Um <laughs>
2: Kerpat Cars, Kirsten says, any driven events this year or shows in general? Well, the shows in general we've kind of discussed already. Um, driven,
0: didn't... we should have an event announcement shortly.
2: Happy days. So.
0: Yay. Um, we'll just have to keep an eye on the news, Kirsten. Just these things are a bit tricky at the minute, you know.
2: Hi, <laughs> play it by ear. Yep. Uh, Heinze29 says, what is the best bog-standard car that has surprised you?
1: I'm going to say, and... Don't laugh.
2: Here we go, PT Cruiser or something.
1: I've never driven a PT Cruiser, but someday I will. <laughs> I'll fulfill my dream. Um, Renault Scenic, the one we had for where they say The Scene Bus. The Scene Bus itself. Like, there's not a hope in hell I would ever have driven one of those in my life if we hadn't had it as a hire car. It was awesome.
2: Yeah, it was the most practical thing you could have covered Europe in to be fair.
1: But I mean, it had... Things that I didn't even think were a thing when you're talking about cubbyhole storage and lap trays like you have in an airplane and window blinds that came out of the doors and like talk about all the luxuries for
2: 10 years ago across
1: in Europe. Like, yeah, must say, I would never buy one, I would never own one, especially out of warranty. But yeah, I, I really liked it. It did a good job, it really
0: did. What would you nice? <sighs> Uh, surprised me. Uh, probably a CRX at the time. I was a big always have been a big fag head but the CRX, yeah. It uh, really changed my sway and things, I have to say. Those older Hondas especially, like it just they're such cool wee cars.
1: I want to throw in another honourable mention here actually. Robert. My Mark One focus for a standard car back then mm-hmm. that handled like that. Like they yeah. were so ahead of their time.
2: Well, to be fair, they had like an independent rear suspension, but most hatchbacks at that stage had a solid beam. Yeah, Yeah.
1: it was a great driving car, I must say.
2: Um, For myself then, I hired a Hyundai i40 about two years ago in England, and it was a scorcher. We were down in South England working, and it had air-conditioned seats. Other than the fact that all I could think was I'm blowing someone else's farts up around me here. <laughs> it was unbelievable. <laughs> have any of you ever tried air conditioned seats? No. No, I mean, can't say I have. Nigel. Wear a pair of shorts. Nope. Air conditioned seats. Luxury. <laughs> <laughs> I was driving around with it with a heated steering wheel on, it was great. So yeah. Your bu- your balls will thank you. They will. Air conditioned balls. Um that in the States we had a Toyota Tacoma pickup. And it had the be sliding back window, which was like electrically controlled. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, that fascinated me for about three days. It also had a serious fuel leak. It did, yeah. I honestly was, like, we were driving five hours back to the airport and I thought it was going to burst into flames. <laughs> we had everything sitting on the back seat, like, tucked into the suitcase, ready to grab if it did. I was like, yeah, it's not my problem. I don't hire Connor a car. <laughs> AE86 world as Chris he says thoughts on our A86 build have you guys seen it the demo car they did
0: uh, absolutely unbelievable incredible yes more more words needed to describe the levels of that car
2: Chris has one himself the like a silvery grey one you would see at said, Nigel the black top on throttle bodies yep. incredible car but this thing that they've built is for the demos absolutely nuts it's on the cover of Fast Car I believe this month as well how they held that together without anybody knowing is well done to them but check out ae 86world and you'll see plenty of pictures of on there. But the details in there are absolutely fantastic. Um, that dot silver dot wagon, three spoke wheels, yes or yes? I'm winding you up, but keep up the podcasts, folks. So I yeah, go with a yes.
1: I'm gonna gonna go yes because for the third time today, I'm gonna mention Mitsubishi Galant VR four. <laughs> um, my choice of wheels when I eventually buy one of those would be uh, three spoke Advance bronze. Well,
2: that's what he has on yeah, his mark four. Yeah, I know. Yeah. they
1: look awesome. But I'm going to go bigger, stancier, and bronze on my Mitsubishi.
2: There you go.
0: <laughs> what are you, Nigel? Three spokes. It brings me back to uh, I think it was Derek Cheshire. Basically, he surprised everybody with his mark II. And on, like he brought, he put mark threes on. And everybody was going, "Holy smokes, mark three or a mark two with three spokes." Yeah, uh, there were um, Dunlop
2: wheels. I want to say,
0: but further back than that, there years ago and going back twenty years. The banger scene had a fella he drove about in a silver MR2 turbo with uh three spokes on it. I, I always thought they were class looking.
2: Remember that? I think his name was Chris if I remember right.
0: I think he was an RMS as well. He was,
2: well, that's he? right. I would have seen the car, yeah.
0: Yeah. I just thought that looked class in the three spokes. So I like a three spoke in the right car. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, it definitely works well in certain cars.
1: No was Why wheels? Well, they're, they're kind of three spoke
2: Um cranking wagon, he says ROG OG snobs? Quick answer: Yes, um, yeah.
0: So so fussy, so yeah.
2: He says yeah. if you don't have certain wheels, i.e., BBS, Ronalds, etc., or if your car doesn't follow a certain style path, then you're not a true dubber I've been told this over my builds. I would say there's a lot to that. Like not yeah, every- very
0: conscious of that there. There's a lot of people would be put off from the vaccine because of it.
2: Yeah, and it's funny. It's, like I know we all say, "Oh, we're not a Volkswagen podcast," but we're strongly influenced with it. But the Volkswagen scene is a massive. Like the community is really, really strong and really, really tight. But there is a lot of like snobbery, especially in the classic side of things. Like the more yeah. OEM style. Like there's a lot of people who probably would scoff at what you're doing, Nigel. With like even with your Mark One, keeping it like it's pretty mild and like it's fairly mild. And what we would say is and like wheels and a slight suspension drop. But there's people who would absolutely
0: hate that. Yeah. Um. Well. I think the Volkswagen scene can be a bit snobbish, but if you really want to get snobbish and stuff, join the Ford RS. Yes, Ford (laughs) buffies. Ford (laughs) buffies. I love a good RS, but there's some guys that are just completely overboard with her. Yeah, that's
2: why I love Mark King so much. What he does with his Fords, he just doesn't care. He just does what he wants. Big
0: respect to Mark. Yep.
2: Uh, and the final one, then again, Maren Chris he says, "Do you think electric cars and black box insurance is the youth not getting into ca- is why the youth aren't getting into cars the way previous generations did? That and they have fuck all imagination as they all want Fiesta STs." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like
1: I don't know because. Insurance was dear when we were growing up.
2: It was, but think back to this, like, well, think back to the stupid stuff that I did when I was first passed my test, never mind you. I nearly <laughs> lost my license, like, narrowly avoided losing my license. and went to court over a one-litre Corsa with 55 horsepower. Imagine, so that was, like, one instance I was caught. Imagine having a black box that records everything you do. Mm. It wouldn't be the same fun. And, like, you'll say yourself, Nigel, like, when you get your license and you're first out in the road, it's, it's fun, it's freedom. You're out there like enjoying yourself, and you're like, Your parents aren't there, you know, no one's looking after you. You're your own man, your own woman, you're out in the road, and then suddenly this yeah. black box is saying, Is is basically touting on you to your parents and the insurance company saying, oh, you did this speed here, you're hard breaking here. Why were you turning so hard?' Like it goes into so much stuff.
0: Yeah, the black box is a double edged sword, that's for sure.
2: It is, <laughs> a few of our, but if
0: you're, if, if you're saying the car seems, you know not the same. Look at Dubshed there's there's enthusiasts out there Like I come out of my work in the, the ports there and Sea Cat's right in front of me as I come out and okay it's been down a bit because of the lockdown and all the rest of it but there's hundreds of people still turning out for cruises and stuff. It's good you to know, see so, Yeah the enthusiasm's there, just it's hard to hard to see it these days.
2: It is it's it's, it's hard to uh, you need a bit more dedicated I think with the thing you know, it's uh, it's not like you jump in the car and go and do whatever you want. To so say you have to sort of want to be monitored in this car. Or, but then again, I suppose that only lasts for, what, a year or two until you get a few years, no claims, and then you don't have to be Yeah. fitting a black box to it. I'm sure that can be chipped. <laughs> well, I, I, a few of our apprentices were, like, turning them off and then turning them back on again when they got somewhere else. And then they were getting emails saying, how did your car get I, from here to here with uh, no, no data recorded? But... It was. Uh, oh, right, okay. He was like, "Oh, he emailed them back and said his mum was driving at that point or something." I was like, "Yeah, that sounds like a lot of hassle." But big
0: brother, all over.
2: That's it. But that's us for the questions this time.
0: Yes, thanks again, as usual, folks. Your yeah, absolutely. Questions are good to see that somebody's listening to us. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. So, as always, thank you so much for your involvement, folks. And as we said before, check us out on social media. You can find us at Reload Podcast. I am at Connor McCann.
1: I'm at Maxwell House 46.
2: I'm at V Dubboy. Boy. I will see you again.
1: Cheers. Take it easy. Bye. <sighs>